Welcome to this week's edition of Good Books Radio. Audiobooks.com is the chief underwriter for Good Books Radio, which is produced by UTRGV Media Services for Rio Grande Valley Public Radio. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Cook. Welcome once again to another edition of Good Books Radio. I'm your host this week, Dr. John Cook, and with me today is Amalia Andrade. She was born, and she has a unique uh, about the author. It's written in the first person. I'm just going to read it. Hi, I'm Amalia Andrade. I was born in Cali. Colombia in 1986. I studied literature at Pontifical Javieran University in Bogota. I've been drawing forever. I've written several, for several magazines in both Colombia and the United States. I believe strongly in the power of keeping a diary. When I grow up, I want to be a mix of Sylvia Plath and Tina Fey. I don't know what else to write since my editor is making me do this, and we all know that writing about yourself is impossible. I live in Bogota with my cats. Amalia, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. This is a super book. It's entitled, You Always Change the Love of Your Life for Another Love or Another Life. And uh, this is a, a particularly poignant book for me right now because I have some friends who are going through that lost love depression. Um, the, the book starts out by saying, um, this book is for you if you are heartbroken because of many different things. The love of your life is gone. The love of your life uh, you let the love of your life go, and now you're regretting it. You were born with a broken heart. You're heartbroken over the death of your dog, cat, or boa constrictor. You broke it with your best friend. <laughs> Someone you love very much has passed away. You broke up with an imaginary boyfriend or girlfriend, or you broke your own heart. So that's a pretty long list of possible ways to be uh, sad. Yes, it is. But there's also another option because, you know, the list could be infinite so there's a space in there for the reader to write its personal his or her personal reason why they they have their heart broken we tend to to think that the the only reason we we get our heart broken is because of you know romantic love but i think we can get our heart broken because of many many reasons uh for example I don't know when Britney had that meltdown. I had my my heart was was in a really bad place. She was my hero back then, and <clears throat> she broke my heart. So uh-huh. I think yeah. this book. Um, I, I just that that was supposed to be a joke. I know it came out awful, but anyway, this is a book for for everybody who's been sad, who's been depressed, who's been in a bad place because of a heartbreak, and I hope it can help people mend and heal. Yeah, and, and uh, there are several places in the book where you, you get to fill in the blank if uh, the list that, that the author has provided doesn't, doesn't suffice, and I like that. I also want to note that this is a very interesting um, uh, print in that it, it, your excellent penmanship is for most of the book. There's a couple of pages here and there with... Uh, t- typical Times Roman block print font, but it, most of it is written in in what looks like you know an ink pen, and uh, it makes for a unique uh, experience of reading, uh, but also feels like a workbook on those pages where you get to write in. I I, I like that, and I, I enjoyed uh, reading it. And actually, it was a faster read than I normally have when I read a book. Uh, but I do, I do want to start with the crying chapter. Um, again, I have some friends that are going through some stuff right now. And uh, crying is the first thing. And I do think it's important to cry, don't you, to, to, to let the tears out? 
Yes, it is very important to cry. And I think in our society, it, you would assume that it is okay to cry when these things happen. Um, but for some people, it's not that easy, especially for men. Uh, I think society has put us in a way where it's horrible that uh, experiences such as the loss of somebody who we, we love very much uh, is is divided almost by gender, you know, like women are allowed to cry and to dwell into the sadness. I don't know, watching, for example, chick flicks or something of that sort while men are supposed to keep their tears in or, you know, um, deal in other ways that are not necessarily emotional. And I think uh, it's very important to create spaces where anybody can feel free to cry. And you know what? I also feel it's very important also to take crying to non-private spaces because we always feel like, for example, sometimes, I don't know if it, it has happened to you, I feel when I'm really sad, I feel like crying in the bus or in a public space uh, or in the subway or whatever. And you all almost immediately feel ashamed, like, oh, my God, I shouldn't be crying here. Like, this is not okay. So I feel like I should start a campaign for people to to feel okay crying in public. And it is very important to cry when we are sad. It is very important to cry when we have our heart broken. It's the best way to heal. It's um, the most powerful emotional tool our, our, our mind and our soul have. And I think we should embrace it. Yeah, I I, I noted uh, in the list of things that definitely do not work. One of my friends is actually doing the first thing, sending text messages that are longer than a handwritten letter. Um, I get text <laughs> messages that are pages and pages long, and and I do think that that doesn't work, and I I don't think it it it, it reflects well. I'd I'd rather see you cry, crying in public myself. Um, but there's some things that do work. Uh, and uh, indulging yourself seems to be one of them. Uh, Where did you get so much insight about these things? Well, from my own experience uh, mainly, but I also did a very long research. Um, The book is, for example, it's it's my own handwriting in the whole book, and I felt like I had to do it on my own handwriting because I wanted to connect connect with readers in a different way that other um, books on, on mending a broken heart does. Um, there's a lot of research I did for this book. I spoke with doctors, I spoke with psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, uh, writers, um, widows, uh, for example. Um, I did a lot, a lot of research, but then I, I kind of stepped out of of that big, uh, chunky, very, uh, I don't know, like maybe scientific or professional information. And I decided I wanted to create a book that felt very light, that that felt like almost having a conversation uh, with a friend. So everything Mm -hmm. in the book... um, draws from from all that from all that research and from my my personal experience and from the experience of my friends also mm-hmm. it, it really is rich and it really does feel like a conversation with a friend um, I, I like the page people who had it worse 
Hillary Clinton after the 2016 elections, the Kardashian brother, and so on. There's a lot of good stuff there. Now, who may have had it worse than you? Um, the the medical uh, aspects of heartbreak include um, uh, insomnia. Is that often a problem for folks like this? Yes, it is. Um, we don't talk a lot about uh, the physical repercussions of heartbreak. We're very um, uh, familiar with the emotional side of it because we see it a lot. We see it in songs, uh, it's on the movies, it's on series, uh, but the physical aspect, we are not very familiar with that. And one, many of the things that happen when you get your heart broken uh, are similar to, for example, withdrawal syndromes of people that are addicts, uh, because your body uh, get gets used to another body, and there is uh, chemistry and many I don't know body process involved there. So when you have your heart broken, you you can get insomnia because you're feeling very bad and the cortisone levels in your blood are up so it's it's a common symptom uh also it's you can feel you can fall sick for example you can get the flu very easily because your immune system will get down because you your immune system was supported also by the other person in immune system and this happened also not only in a romantic relationship also for example when your pet dies uh, mm-hmm. and the book explores all these medical explanations including one that's my favorite that's the the false heart attack syndrome which is very common I didn't knew about it until I did the research but many people feel like they have a heart attack and they go to to the doctor and and everything seems it's almost identical uh, all the symptoms to a heart attack but it's only a false heart attack and I think it talks about how deeply connected uh, our emotions are to our body that's why this is not included in the book that one of the best things you can have or or you can do for yourself when you have when you are heartbroken is to take some Tylenol because emotional pain um, is activated in the same brain region as physical pain. So it will actually help you feel better, for example. I, I think I, I think that's a, a, a little known fact and that's a very interesting one. Um, you have a self-destructive behavior checklist, and then after people score it, then there's some ways to deal with it. But I, uh, I did want to get to the, the high end um, because the one of the opportunities there uh, is to recognize that you have to die and be born again. And I think that's so important to recognize that. Yes, it is. I think... And what I wanted this book to be is, I think many other books are very focused on how to be better and how to get better soon. And I think this is not that book. This is a book that's that that's gonna tell you, like, 
you're going to indulge in things that are not going to be good with you. You're going to be self-destructive, hopefully not in a very awful way. There's there's a disclaimer in the book also for that if you need psychiatric help, you should go get it. Some Sometimes people feel bad, like, oh, why am I going to, to the doctor, the therapist, or the psychiatrist because of a heartbreak? And I think it's fair enough. It's, it's something very traumatic uh, to go through. But I felt like I wanted to 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 make a book where you could understand that you're gonna go basically through hell, but that you're gonna go you're gonna be born reborn again. So mm-hmm. one part of you is gonna going to die, uh, but that is an excer- excellent opportunity, you know, to reinvent yourself. Um, so many great people that I admire have done. So many amazing things just after a heartbreak, uh, including, I don't know, Adele, um, what Beyonce did with her album Lemonade, which is also a visual album. It's poetry. To me, it's art. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I think what she did was brilliant. So... As Carrie Fisher said, you know, take your broken your broken heart and and turn it into art. And I think this book is here to remind you that good things can come from from bad places, emotional mm-hmm. bad places. That's terrific. That's terrific. Well, well let's talk about um, uh, some of the feelings: anger, revenge, and other related feelings uh, that show up. Uh, what what struck you most when you were writing this part? I think that part is is very funny when you go when you're out of that situation and then you look back to it, uh, how you felt like I don't know you felt angry uh, or, or you wanted to to take revenge and and it's almost like all these crazy full ideas come to your mind but it's necessary it's very necessary to go through all these different stages which can feel like going crazy you know because. One day you're very depressed, the next day you're full of anger, and then the next day you feel kind of kind of okay, and then you're super depressed again. And so many people feel like, you know, this is going very bad for me because of that, because it's, it's uh, a process that is not linear, that it's full of up and downs. And we tend, in life, we, I think we're not sufficiently prepared to to understand negative emotions. I think as a society, we are very trained to succeed, for example. We are very trained to to be well, to to be our, our better selves, and we don't embrace bad or negative emotions enough. And I think that this book, its main, um, I don't know, concept or, or, or its main premise is precisely that it's okay not to be okay, that you're going to feel it all, that you're going to be happy, you're going to be full of anger, and that it, it doesn't have like, um, um, a, I, I don't know, like it's, it doesn't have to be one thing, then the next, and then the next, and then you're okay. Like mm-hmm. it can happen in, in many different um scenarios and yeah some ways and um, and that is, and that we should embrace that disorder emotional disorder which seems hard but 
when we just let it be is the moment where the healing starts. Yeah, I, I like that point that it's nonlinear, the process of getting over it. You, you write in the book that anger is a good thing because it lets us get rid of, of repressed feelings or unfulfilled emotions uh, that we don't know how to sh- express any other way. Uh, to let your anger out is, is, uh, is something that some people just won't do. And I know that it, when I'm listening to my friends who are lamenting how depressed they are, I'm, I've never said this. But I want to say, we'll get over it. But, of course, that's no help at all. (laughs) You know, I think it does. Um, Of course, for the person who is in the process, maybe that won't help. uh, Because each of us, we grieve in our own ways. And, for example, a question I'm often asked is, how much does this take? And I always say... It takes the time it needs to take, you know. It might be two weeks, it might be two years. As long as you feel like you can deal with it, like it's not something that's maybe affecting, I don't know, your work life, like you need to go to to a therapist, uh, it's okay. It can take a lot of time. But I think it's we, as a person who is going through that process, we need to to hear all all. Everything our friends need to to say or to express because it can make you, I don't know, um, consider stuff. For example, uh, if you tell me oh, just get over it, maybe it won't make me get over it, but maybe it would make me, you know, think, oh, am I, am I, I don't know, staying in this feeling too long? Should I? move to other feeling, and that is also an interesting concept, you know, because we are also not used to seeing feelings as as something that comes in. We can embrace the feeling, and then we can let out the feeling. We are not used mm-hmm. to that, and... and I think we should. We should do that. We should. We should know that feelings are not states like they're not permanent they come and they go so as, i don't know help understanding that can help us heal so actually yes go say that to your friend i think it's it can be helpful in in a way um desperate measures for depression uh is an interesting section to me uh especially the moderate that's my favorite one measures. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's start with a few drops of flower essence, rescue remedy, uh, mixed with a lot of brandy. Uh, that's okay to do on a short-term basis? There's actually, rescue remedy is actually a thing you can buy on drugstores, no? That's, I, I didn't invent that up. <laughs> like, I didn't made it up. It's, it's an homeopathic um medicine and and it works wonderful i mean i i swear i preach like everybody who comes to me like oh i'm so bad i'm like hey take rescue remedy it's gonna save your life and it's not only good for people who have their heart broken it's good if you're going to a rough time if you have a lot of stress in your life it's magic i don't know how they make that it's based on like flowers and flower induced brands i don't know the the, the scientific thing going on there, but it's really good. But the thing I like with um, the desperate me- measures uh, part in the book is that 
in my experience, when I was going through this really, really awful heartbreak, that's the one that inspired the book, I was like, okay, by now I will do literally whatever it takes as long as it's going to make me feel better. So I, I, I live in Bogota, Colombia, but my family and I was born in Cali, Colombia. So I went to visit my mother and I was raised a Catholic, but I don't go to church a lot. And my mother was like, let's go to church. It's going to help you. And I was like, you know what? I'm so bad. Yeah, let's go. It's going to help me. Like, what else? <laughs> Whatever uh-huh. I can take, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it. So it's basically that. Uh, and some of those desperate me- measures actually help you a lot. Some are good. Uh-huh. Some are not yeah. good. And there's a list of those in the book. Yeah, uh, I, I was surprised to see going to a fortune teller or a palm reader uh, and also the blind date. Uh, I, I would personally, I would stay away from blind dates set up by my friends, but, but maybe that might be an interesting experience to take you out of your doldrums. Yes, I, will, uh, I would definitely stay away from, from blind dates too, but, you know, some people have crazy ideas. Some people will... Some people think that if they move, if they find someone new to love immediately afterwards, things are going to be easier. And I think it's, it's the total opposite. Like we, we, like many people tend to, to get into a relationship very fast after another one has ended. And I say in the book, like, you know, um, being over um, a, a relationship is not like having, you know, an illness where you need certain amount of time to, you know, get better. But it is all, always a good idea to to process, to have time to process what just happened and to think. And that's why I think that being with someone really fast after after ending a relationship is not a good idea. But, you know, I also say in the book that whatever works for me not necessarily works for you. And that's also one of the differences of this book, that it's, mm-hmm. it's a book that, that it doesn't use as a formula. It doesn't uh-huh. tell you what you need to do. It, it tells you that you need to be comprehensive with yourself that you need to give yourself space to grieve and to feel all the feelings. And it gives you a, uh, some um, advice on, on what's going to help you through your own unique process of, of being better and feeling better. Mm-hmm. Super. Uh, there's uh, a couple of other things that I don't, I, I don't want to miss out on. Uh, one of them is that you provide a list of songs uh, that one might listen to, and uh, a lot of them are not from my generation, I, I, I being much older than you, but there are a few from every generation, and uh, many popular songs uh, that, that I think uh, might, might be great for people who don't know wh- where to go, to what song to turn to. Yes, music is so important when you're sad, right? Music is important to, to me every day of my life, but... I think it's amazing to to cry to a, a really good sad song. I think that it's very there's a really therapeutic uh, power in, in doing that. Um, I try to 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 
put together a playlist from songs I really like from many generations. It's funny that you say that there there are not as many from your your generation. I am I am in my thirties, and I I ask my editors, oh my god, I think there's not enough Selena Gomez in here. What are we gonna mm-hmm. do? Should I put more Ariana Grande? Help me! And she was like, you know, just do your thing, put your music, and then there's space for for people uh, and for the readers to to put their own songs and to put their own playlists together. But music is definitely very very important in the process of healing a, a broken heart. I really like I don't know Adele, for example. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and and there's one that I've listened to so many times I can't count, and that's "Ain't No Sunshine" by Bill Withers, and that. That's uh that that fits my generation. So, um, healing rituals. But it's crazy how you know what, and that's what I love about this book. I love how the experience of heartbreak is so universal, and we can all connect. Mm-hmm. And for example, I have listened to that song also many times, and and we're from different generations, but we're speaking the same language when it comes to to being sad and being heartbroken and. That's what I like about this book, that although it's handwritten and it has illustration, I think we can all relate with each other when it comes to, to these to these awful, awful feelings. So it gives me yeah. hope in humanity. It, it, it gives me hope, too, and, and I actually am going to gift this book to the person I was talking about earlier that writes the long emails uh, as a gift. Um, <laughs> the healing rituals, real quick. There's there's a there's printing I will survive the, the the words from Gloria Gaynor uh, on a piece of paper and keeping it with you taking a piece of paper and writing down all the things that make you sad and then uh, uh, burning it up uh, and then uh, taking a few minutes to think about negative thoughts pessimistic ideas that you keep repeating to yourself and um, and uh, then uh, realize that it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what? Sometimes when when something is wrong in our lives, um, we are so often told that time heals everything. And it is true. Time is very important for healing. But also we need to be very active um, uh, with our own emotions and with our own um, healing process. So these rituals come in very handy if you want to accelerate the process or if you just want to, you know, make something feel that makes you feel better. This is very important actually because we tend to be very like our emotional world is very interiorized. I m- might be making up words in English if I am, please tell me I am doing <laughs> so bad. Mm. Um yes, our emotional our emotional world is very interior into your help me there. Like there's a lot of good, be, uh, uh, there's a lot of good tips on how to reinvent yourself, and and we don't have time to discuss them because we're running out of time. But um, physical activities, uh, new professional horizons, healthy eating habits, uh, turning to art, artistic or creative activities, spirituality. Uh, there's there's wonderful access there, and there's also a one section at the end uh, of the book, which is uh, recipes for comfort foods from your favorite restaurant where you wrote most of this book. And I think it's all very helpful, and I think it's a wonderful read. Uh, and it's too bad that we're out of time. 
Um, but I thank you for uh, being with us today, and I thank you for this book. Uh, you make no effort to hide yourself on social media. The author can be contacted <laughs> on the web at www.amaliaandrade.com, on Facebook at Amalia Andrade, on Twitter at, at Amalia Andrade. And so it's real easy to find the author. The book is You Always Change the Love of Your Life for Another Love or Another Life. And uh, I remind our listeners that if you don't uh, catch our regularly scheduled broadcast, you can catch up with us on YouTube at Good Books Radio, Strong and Cook. I'm your host, Dr. John Cook. Thanks for listening.